Hello. Love Talk Radio. Hi, this is the Independent Corner with Jonathan Moody, and uh, with me is uh, the special guest uh, Rob McKittrick, the uh, director and writer of the hit uh, movie Waiting. The massive hit. The yes. Uh, yes, it was a massive uh, success. Uh, how did no, it actually, it really was. Uh, massive is probably a bit strong. I'd say it was a it was a fine little success. Actually, uh, more people and more people like keep getting you know keep watching it and keep talking to me about it. So well, that's the beautiful thing about the DVD. You know? Yes. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, theatrically it did fine. It wasn't uh, you know certainly didn't uh, light any uh, charts on fire. But since it's been on DVD, it's actually it's done extremely well. Uh, we're, uh, we're, ve- we're very very happy with the whole, how the whole thing turned out. It ended up uh, yeah for the year it ended up doing extremely uh, extremely well. So we're uh, we're all psyched about it. Yeah, so um, I guess we could start uh, start off by talking about how how did the concept come about? Like, well, um, I was a waiter. That's uh, that first and first and foremost. I, I wrote it when I was like 23 or 24, I guess. And am I allowed to swear? Oh yes, yes, yes. Sweet. You can um, swear as much as you want because right. we've got a mature. Good, good to know in advance. Not that I will swear. You know what I mean? But I you probably have, I, will. I want to have the option of swimming. Maybe accidentally or on purpose. These things occur. Anyway, yeah, so I was like 23, 24, and I'd waited tables. I think I started waiting tables when I was like 20 um, at this place called Steak and Ale. And uh, did, you know, worked at Steak and Ale for a while. That was actually where I culled most of my, uh, most of the material. That's, um, I actually worked with a cook named Radimus, uh, who was fucking hilarious. And uh, we actually played a game uh, very like similar the game to the, that... the showing game. Yeah, absolutely. So that was, uh, and then you know that was sort of my first experience in the waiting tables. So I did that for a while, worked there, and then I got fired. <laughs> and then um, I worked at Bennigan's for a little while, did that, and then um, then I didn't wait tables at all for a little while. I um, I sold drugs, which was a, which was a lot of fun. And then you sold what drugs? Oh, like, you know, you know pharmacy? Yeah, uh, yeah, pharmaceutical uh, acid and ecstasy. Um, <laughs> but then, like a year later, I stopped doing that, as uh, one should. Um, yes. And then I started waiting tables again. Uh, I moved up to Orlando. And then when I moved up to Orlando and started waiting tables at Roadhouse Grill, that's when it really stuck in um, how similar it is to wait tables no matter where you work, you know, regardless right. of uh, steak and ale, Bennigan's, or Roadhouse. It was like the exact same experience with different people. So uh, sort of based on that and also just based on my own sort of feelings of being a loser, uh, you know, at 23 I just graduated community college and, you know, I would sell drugs for a little while and I was just sort of in general feeling kind of like a, uh, like a putz. Um, that's what I called, you know, that's what I based the experience of uh, waiting on, so I started writing it. Oh, wow. So, I mean, a lot of the, you know, like, I, I a lot of my friends will, actually, it's funny, because when I first talked to you about coming on the show, like, the first day I talked to you about it, and you were, like, you sent me the email saying you wanted to come. Yeah, sure. You, uh, yeah, um, I, I was working at, I work at a rug store, you know. Okay. So, one of the guys is, like, 17 years old, and he came up to me, Kyle, he came up to me and said, um, I just saw waiting, and that was the day after you had already said yes, you know, hmm. that you were coming on the show, so, you know, he was like, yeah, I just saw waiting, and it's so random, and I was like, yeah, what'd you think of it, and he said, man, that, it was awesome, it was so, it was so real, like, you know, because he had, he had worked as a waiter, so it was exactly like, he said the cooks were exactly like, you know, the cooks that he knew. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, you know, once again, that was that was always the hope. I, um, you know, I, when I wrote it, I was certainly I wasn't trying to write something that only people who worked in a restaurant would get. You know, like I wanted uh, certainly if you've never worked in a restaurant, you know, you're still going to laugh. A dick joke is funny regardless of your vocation. But right. uh, but if you have worked in a restaurant, um, I think that you'll laugh a little bit more because you know that. You know, because you know that the movie is rooted in truth. It's not; it, they're not complete fabrications of the truth. They're just distortions of, you know, like exaggerations of the truth. But it's all based on actual shit that goes on. Right. So that's uh, that's definitely been one of the uh, one of the one of the cooler things since the movie's uh, come out and done as well as it has on DVD. Is you know, and it sort of it managed to find that audience is uh, just sort of hearing from uh, from servers and cooks and, you know, anyone who's ever who's worked in a restaurant come up to, or, you know, send me a random MySpace message or email just saying that, you know, that I nailed it, you know, because that was certainly my hope when I was writing it, uh, you know, 10 years ago. 
Are you happy of the the fan base that you have gotten so far? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, they've been uh, it's been it's been really cool. You know, I'm I'm you know it's not like a you know I mean it was my first movie that was a sort of a modest uh, a modest little success. And then uh, once uh, you know, hopefully my uh, my next one uh, it will have a similar degree or hopefully a little more, and it'll it'll only build. But yeah, no, it's been it's been really cool, man. I, I have to say, you know, it's I get uh, you know every day just sort of hearing from somebody new who uh, finally caught the movie and uh, sort of either like tracked me down via MySpace or somehow got my email or uh, whatever. It's 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 a uh, it's always a pretty cool experience. Right and. Um... So how did you like? How did you end up getting it made? Because I know it probably it took like how many years? Uh, yeah, it took like seven or eight years to finally get the movie made. Um, uh, eventually, I sort of give you the quick version of the story. Right, because um, I mean, if anybody really wants to hear the whole version, it's on the uh, it's on the DVD. So uh, yeah, it is on the DVD. It's also if you're really fucking bored, uh, it, you can go to robmckittrick.com. And I have, and I blogged a, a pretty well, you know, if you start back at the beginning, like go back to the earliest post and then read up to present day, um, I, I chronicle a pretty good portion of, uh, of the overall, how it all went down. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and uh, certainly, you, or you could just uh, watch the, the behind the scenes DVD stuff. But basically, you know, when I wrote it, I didn't intend to make it for millions of dollars because I didn't know anybody out, I didn't know who uh, I didn't know anybody out in Hollywood. I was going to try to go the clerk's route, you know, make it for thirty grand, hope, hope to get into a festival and get myself recognized. Um, and so that's what I was sort of set out to do in Orlando when I lived there. And after, you know, but over two and a half years, we'd done a couple local castings. We'd raised up about $30,000, and we were making, you know, somewhat slow but steady progress. Um, and then when my, my partner, Dean, he got the script into the hands of this local producer, and the local producer read it and loved it, and he wanted to meet us. And uh, so we met him, and it was actually horrible. He had, didn't really have anything good to say. But on the way out, there was this really cute receptionist, and my friend Dean um, picked her up. And she went to high school with uh, Jeff Bayless, who's a producer on the project. Uh, if you happen to watch Project Greenlight 1 or 2. Yeah, I was, I was, I was wondering uh, if... Uh, like, did you, I guess, you, you've been talking to Jeff before Project Greenlight. Oh, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Had, if you, hypothetically, if um, you had, uh, you know, if you had made the, uh, the script, right, you had done the script, and you hadn't actually met Jeff at that time, do you think you would have probably entered it into Project Greenlight? Um, yeah, you know, why the hell not? Uh, I probably, actually, yeah, I definitely would have had I had that opportunity at the time, you know, theoretically speaking. It would have taken a number of years, and, I, and, I, and I'd like to think that we would have actually gotten the movie made independently by then, because there were, it's sort of right at the time that Bayless found it. Anyway, you know, really quick, after, uh, so the person that Dean picked up, uh, Sandra, she gave the script to Bayless, and then Bayless got it out in Hollywood, and then through that I was able to get an agent and get a deal and blah, 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 and then it only took a mere four more fucking years later to get the movie made. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, at that time, uh, there was like a couple other little sort of indie places that were sort of looking at us and sniffing around. And so I think we probably would have ultimately made the movie, you know, certainly not at the level that I ultimately made it for a few million dollars. I think we would have ended up making it for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, yes, had I had no other options and Project Greenlight had fallen on my lap, uh, I absolutely would have. Here's an interesting bit of trivia for you. Uh, originally, when they were conceiving the Project Greenlight show, it wasn't a contest. It was just they were going to do, you know, sort of a behind the scenes of how to make an independent movie. And Waiting was going to be the movie that they used. Uh, later, they uh, smartly decided to make a contest out of it to, you know, and add that whole internet component. But originally, oh, wow. yeah, oh, because you know, uh, Bayless was working at Project Green, you know, for those for those guys for Live Planet at the time, working with Chris Moore, and they were as they were conceptualizing the whole thing, uh, Waiting was going to be the movie. Was um was Live Planet the guys who produced it? Like if you, uh, I mean, does it say Live Planet in the beginning, or is it no, other no. people? Um, you know what? Like, there are so many fucking producers on that film. Yeah, that's I what cannot I was actually tell you with any degree of authority if Live Planet. It might be. I mean, Chris Moore was one of the producers on it. Uh, and by that point, Bayless had uh, separated, uh, and he had formed his own company, Weisenheimer, which is also on there. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um. 
Yeah, I actually don't. You know what? What pop the movie in? You know. Yeah, uh, I'd have to and, do. Uh, have to check that out again. There's like a million fucking beginning producer credits and producer. Exactly. So just take your pick. If it, it probably is, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes, uh, just because um, statistically, I think we it's a, it's a safe answer because there were so many goddamn producers. Um, so you know, I know you're a big Kevin Smith fan. I mean, you said you were going to do Clerks, and uh, I absolutely, mean, it definitely has that Clerks feel. Sure. Of like you know, it's the it's one whole day in the life of. These, right. Uh, uh, yeah, some would call it almost thievery. You know, and um, I I really like that. I mean, I, I that's one thing I you know that struck with me, but. I don't, you know, I cannot see it being made, you know, for thirty thousand dollars with no name actors. It definitely had that kind of, you know. Oh well, no question. Mainstream appeal, you know. Yeah, the the casting uh, certainly, you know, all the actors that we were able to get, uh, which is a, a minor miracle. Um, that definitely raises the the entire just just raises the entire uh, caliber of the movie by you know having Ryan and Justin and Dane and just all of these ridiculously uh, great actors and you know Louis and just, you know Anna. Um, so it's 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 absolutely um, <clears throat> man I had just a sick cough um, <laughs> okay. but uh, but yeah you know when I originally wrote the script. It, it was actually even smaller, if you can imagine that. Like it, uh, you know, once we got the script out to Hollywood, and it took you know a number of years. It was at Artisan Entertainment for a while, and they definitely pushed to make the movie a little bit bigger, to broaden it out a little bit. And by bigger, I just mean that they're, they're, we utilized more of the restaurant because I thought I was going to be making it for no money. Almost all of the scenes took place at one spot in the. Uh, kitchen and one spot at the wait station in the front, you know, one spot at the hostess area, and then there were certainly a couple scenes that involved the entire restaurant during the dinner rush. But by and large, it all took place at these very small areas because I thought I, you know, I wouldn't be able to have a restaurant for the run of the show, and I was going to have to be, um, so I was going to have to shoot mostly, you know, very small, uh, tight uh, areas. But yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it, the certain certainly the movie is only better because we were able to make it for three million dollars rather than thirty thousand. Right. Um, so did you – you didn't shoot it in Hollywood, did you? Pardon me? Did you shoot it in Hollywood? No, no. We shot it? it in New Orleans, actually, uh, pre, uh, prior to uh, Katrina. Yes. Actually, um, my friend Arvid uh, said uh, – you know, I was talking to him about you coming on the show, and he's from New Orleans, and Arvid, one of his huh? friends worked on it. His name is Arvid? Arvid Christina. Hmm. A-R-V-I-D? A-R-V-I-D, yes. That's not a real name. Get to the no, it, it is. It is. That's all right. I'm not, I don't want to argue about it. But <laughs> I'm not making it up. Arvid's hiding something. <laughs> he's hiding something from you. I'd get down to it. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, that, buddy, uh, he's worked on it. Uh, what's his friend's name? Uh, well, one of the one of the guys that were, uh, you know, was one of the actors. I guess I think one of the actors was the the guy who uh, um, played the guy who can't pee. Oh, uh, Robert Patrick Bannister? Yeah, wasn't he, uh, is he a local in New Orleans? No, he or? wasn't. Uh, Rob, uh, RPB is uh, from out here. Actually, I think it's just Rob Benedict now. That's what he goes by. Uh, no, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was on Felicity for a number of years uh, prior to Waiting coming out. He's, uh, he's actually been in a number of things. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely wasn't, uh, de- definitely wasn't Rob. Maybe it was the weird dude who looked at Rob pissing next to him. Oh, maybe. Maybe that was it. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I have no idea, like offhand or whatever. So. We'll follow up with Arvid and then get back to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll let we'll you. I'll let you know. I'll I'll comment you on MySpace and let Great. you know, or yeah. something. Ask him about but, it. But yeah, um, and I'll I'll have him add you so you can see it's his real name, hmm. and I'll you can question him yourself if you want. Good. Okay, we'll get to the bottom of it later. Yeah, we'll investigate. Um. So yeah. So uh, you know. So you were you wanted to do this like clerk style, and then you ended up not. Right. And you ended up doing it, you know, Hollywood style, which was, I mean, kind of, but still kind of independent, right? Sure, absolutely. Well, it was definitely made independently, you know. Over the course of the few years while I was out in Hollywood, I would say that the movie got a little bit broader. It got a little bit more commercial. You know, like in the original uh, draft of the script, um, it wasn't supposed to feel like a particularly outrageous day. It was supposed to actually feel very much like uh, any given day. So, you know, that we didn't have, like, you know, there wasn't the, the fucking with the food scene uh, that was in the movie, and there wasn't the, uh, like, the bush shot in the movie and all of that. Those were all things that sort of grew organically from, uh, from you know, like, the, the, the studio's desire to make the movie a little bit, uh, like I said, just, you know, maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit broader, a little bit more trailer moments, all of that stuff. Um, right. I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not regretful of it at all. I'm, I, I think that it, 
the movie still holds on to its sort of its indie roots. It still feels like a small little movie that's you know edgy and sort of out of what your typical uh, Hollywood comedies are are made of. But uh, but you know if it, if if having a couple of those scenes help broaden it out a little bit, uh, uh, then wonderful. You know. Right. So uh, you know, and what were what was like you know when you first cast like because I'm friends with Andy. I told you earlier. That's um, Andy Millenock. When yes. yeah, when uh, I was I was friends with Andy. So, um, you know, knowing Andy and everything, um, like how how was he in the audition? Like, were you like blown away by him? Well, you know, the thing with Andy was um, my casting director just sent me this um, sent me this video of of Andy rapping, and this is you know this is uh, and it was just it was clear that he was doing a freestyle rap. You know, because he was it was clear he was making it up as he went along, but it was really fucking good. And I was like, who is this 14-year-old kid uh, who's the best freestyle rapper I've ever heard? And so I just sent her a message saying, man, f- track him down. See if you can find him. Um, in, the, in the rap, he mentioned living in uh, Westchester, New York. And so we're like, okay, he's some 14-year-old kid living in Westchester, uh, New York. There's no way we're going to get him. But then, you know... Uh, Annie McCarthy, the most amazing casting director ever, she found him, and, and lo and behold, he just moved out to Los Angeles to be on the Jimmy Kimmel, start uh, doing stuff for Jimmy Kimmel show. And uh, so we were, you know, we were like, oh, my God, this is great. And then he came in, and uh, his audition was okay. It wasn't, like, he was, cl- like, I, you know, ours was the first movie he'd ever acted in, and he was still pretty green to the industry in general. So he wasn't... Um, uh, he was definitely uh, he didn't blow us away in terms of in terms of his acting chops, but he was he was the part he looked the part. And then on top of that, once we finished the audition, he did a rap that he'd been working on, and the rap was so fucking funny that we immediately just offered him the role in the room. We were like, you know what, this is too good. And then on top of that, I'd always knew that I wanted Nick and T Dog to do a rap over the end credits. Uh, and I didn't really want to be the one to write that rap, and so by getting him, I knew that would be like a twofer. So uh, yeah, it was uh, that was wonderful. Oh, that was great. I love that Wiley Andy Milanaka. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I'm sure with him just doing the Andy Milanaka show, right, like pretty much at the release of Waiting. Sure. I mean, and that kind of helped too, I guess. Uh, you know? It certainly didn't suck. You know, we <laughs> we were really uh, fortuitous with that. You know, uh, with Andy, with Dane exploding. Right, uh, right as uh, after the movie came out, and uh, certainly everyone else's uh, uh, awareness had only built. So yeah, it was. Uh, we got really, really lucky with all of the actors uh, just getting a little bit bigger, or in some cases, exponentially bigger. Sweet, sweet. So, um, really sweet. Uh, you know, working uh, working with such a talented crew was it was it hard for as a first time director? Uh, yeah, I guess it was. You know what? I was so by the time we actually made the movie, I was so prepared to make it. You know, I'd spent so much fucking time just thinking about this movie, like every single little aspect of it, how I was going to shoot it and, you know, the the music, you know, style and the camera work and the, you know, every character and just I I spent so much time sort of laboring over every detail that that really helped sort of uh uh give me the edge in spite of the fact that I was a first timer and that I was directing a bunch of, you know, these actors that I was, you know, uh, that had a lot more experience than I do with a, with a, with a career, uh, with a crew who had a lot more experience than I did. But it, uh, yeah, you know, but having the preparation, uh, that I did and, you know, also surrounding myself with people significantly more talented than myself. My DP was amazing. My production designer was amazing. My editors, the producers, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Excellent. Um, that uh, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. Perfect. So no, so you know, having sort of surrounding myself with a bunch of really talented people, and then on top of that, just knowing my shit and and being ridiculously prepared, uh, it really helped. Not to mention that just the world itself. We're talking about, uh, you know, I'd waited tables for a number of years, so I knew that world backwards and forwards. Every single character in the script is either an offshoot of me or someone who was close to me or an amalgamation of several people that I worked with. So I was able to really sort of imbue it with the authenticity, and you know, and that was all stuff that I could give to the actors. So it was never um, – so I never actually – once I got past that first initial – that first day you know, where you're just nervous of like, wow, um, why the hell are these idiots giving me $3 million? I've never done this before. What a bunch of tools. Once we got past the first day – uh, and I actually was like, whoa, I actually kind of know what the fuck I'm talking about. Then it was pretty easy. 
Oh, sweet, sweet. So, uh, you know, and I heard, I read in one of your blogs, I guess, that um, at one point one of the producers said that, you know, that they pretty much buy it from you, but you wouldn't be able to direct it. Is that true? Uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely. In fact, that's that's exactly what happened. But when um, when we first came out in 2000, um, and we optioned the script to Artisan, they wouldn't let me direct it. They uh, they they said they'd let me interview for the job, but that they weren't going to guarantee me the job of directing, which basically meant I wasn't going to get to do it. So they'll so, they'll buy it for you for this much money, but right, you they could... optioned the script for a little bit of money, and then um, and then they gave me a blind script deal and blah blah blah. But anyway, yeah, they wouldn't get they wouldn't guarantee me the job. And so by taking the deal, I basically sort of um I was allowing that to happen and I did. And I knew that there was a real good chance that I wouldn't get to direct it and I felt kind of like I'd sold out, but it was an opportunity to get my foot in the door in Hollywood as a screenwriter, which uh, you know, when you're a 27-year-old um waiter, um you you really start to look at those you you, you want to take advantage of those opportunities because they don't come along too often. So I did it, and uh, it you know rather than be completely elated that I was moving out to Hollywood as a screenwriter, it was very bittersweet because I knew that there was a really good chance I wasn't going to get to direct the movie. But what happened was, um, and and that's where it was moving, heading towards. Uh, I interviewed for the job. They said no. They hired another director, a guy named Russell DeGrazier. He did a movie called Attraction, Netflix it, and um, and he was the director, and it fucking sucked. But luckily, uh, Artisan decided to suck as a company, and then they never made any movies, and then they eventually closed down. And then after two years, the rights reverted back to me. And then once the rights reverted back to me, you know, I fired the director, and then I nominated myself, and then I seconded the nomination, and it went right on through. Um, and I was the director. Yes, yeah, you, yeah, you became the director. Um, uh, Artisan, didn't they do? They did the Blair Witch Project, right? Was their big excellent homework? Yes, they did. They did the Blair Witch, uh, which was also from Orlando. I was very uh, initially, I was very happy that it was at Artisan because they were at the time, um, and this is you know, right at the end of '99, beginning of 2000, right after the, all Blair Witch had just come out, and so they were poised to be the next Miramax, and they were really hot shit. But um, right, they, I mean, just, they, they, they weren't able to follow that. it up. I think they had done another thriller or whatever, like the the Kevin Bacon one. Um, Ash, because I remember Artisan, and I was like, oh, this must be like. Independent uh, distributor who, you know, who cares about movies, and all of a sudden I never heard of them again. Yeah, it was it was hard. You know, they just uh, they they put out a bunch of movies that were actually really good movies. They just didn't happen to make any money. Uh, after you know, they put out the Ninth Gate um, and the Limey and um, Requiem for a Dream and um, Ghost Dog, and you know, which were actually they were actually some pretty cool movies, but they just they weren't money makers. And then they sort of put all their hopes on Blair Witch Two. Which uh, you know underperformed to say the least. So, and then after that, they just sort of imploded. It was, uh, it was very sad. But the good news is, them because they imploded, they never made waiting. So the rights could revert back to me, so that I could get to direct it. So yay, artisan imploding. There. Yes. <laughs> so because artisan sucks as a company, you know, you get to direct your own movie and wow. a bigger hit than uh, the Blair Witch, I believe, right? Uh, pardon me? Was it a bigger hit than Blair Witch? No, not even close. Not uh, even your close? Mark, sir. No, not even. Uh, Blair Witch made like $150 million theatrically. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, my, my homework contract, wasn't... Uh, waiting made know. about 10% of that. For I guess my homework people. really wasn't like checking up on Blair Witch. It was more than <laughs> waiting, so... I don't blame you. I didn't check <laughs> up on it. If I didn't know the guys personally, then uh, I wouldn't have uh, known that either. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've heard that, I mean, they had like so many stuff that they were going to do after Blair Witch, and then they just, I haven't really heard too much from the guys who did Yeah, you know, uh, Dan um, just got through Dan Myrick. He, and actually, you know, Eduardo Sanchez did a film. Oh, God, I'm, the name of it right now is escaping me, but he's he just recently finished a film, a uh, monster movie. It was shot in Orlando, and I don't, uh, I'm not exactly 100% sure the outcome of it. It's a, po- I heard it's a possibility that it might go straight to video, oh. but, uh, but, that's um, you know what I, I don't I, but I don't know that to be true so let's not uh, let's, let's not, put not say that yet <laughs> but and then Dan uh, just finished wrapping a film and he has another one lined up so you know the guys they were really you know uh, they were really picky with what they wanted to do and I respect that I've been really picky since waiting um, 
but uh, but I think that they're actually now they're starting to make some movies again. His next film, uh, Dan's, which I I'm not certainly not going to give away anything about it, but I've I've uh, I've read the script and it's fucking awesome. It's really really cool. Can you say if it's going to be horror or if it's going to be something different? It's like a psychological thriller, oh, okay. a little bit of horror element over undertones, and and it certainly even treads uh, if. People, some of the same effect that Blair Witch had on people, I think this movie will have on people. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it, but it's really good. So I remember hearing that they were going to do some kind of like romantic comedy thing that fell through. Yeah, it never, you know, never, it never came to fruition. You know, it just they were never able to get the money from Artisan to make it. Uh, sadly. Oh, that yeah, that stinks. Before uh, uh, Artisan imploded themselves, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happens, especially you know, in the independent world. You know. Sure, it happens in the mainstream world. I've uh, certainly I've had uh, projects uh, fall through. I've had projects, uh, you know, both independently and um, and through studios. So it's uh, it happens to the best of us. So when you had waiting, you know, for seven years, did you write other scripts, like just in case maybe something else? No, I went the other way with it. I didn't write anything. You just hope that this one script could, you know. Uh, I mean, you know I what? no. I, I well, yes. That's definitely true, but um, but you know what? When I moved out to Hollywood at the very beginning of 2000, I started writing. Um, I started doing rewrites for for scripts. You know, for you know, I did a rewrite for Sony, and I did a rewrite for actually, I did one for Artisan, and then I did um, a, re- a big rewrite for New Line for a project. Um, and so that's how I was sort of sustaining myself, and uh, uh, you know, sort of building up my name as a screenwriter. But then, um, you know, sort of the common, and then, you know, since then, I've actually have written uh, some original, some, some, some more original scripts. But at the time, yeah, I was really struggling to try to come up with another idea. Um, I actually hate writing. Writing uh, sucks my asshole. So I'm not, uh, I'm not the type to, um, you know, just sit down when I'm really stressed out. You know, I think I'll write. There's a, that is exactly what stresses me out. So. Uh, and for a while, I think I was just uh, afraid. To, I didn't know what the hell I was going to follow up waiting with. But uh, luckily, I've been able to turn a corner since then. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, and um, like lately, I guess, you know, after waiting, was it easier for you to write? Or, I mean, I guess like... Well, you know. easier is a relative term. Um, certainly, I got a lot more offers uh, for things. And I took some of those offers, and I started writing. But the process of writing itself... Um, Still sucks my asshole. Yeah. Um. In fact, I, I'm like that too. I'm kind of struggling right now to do. Um. I'm trying to do an independent feature in the summertime with my friends. You know, just something kind of fun. Sure. But, um. You know, since I'm getting Final Cut Pro and I've got you know all that stuff, I'm trying to do something for fun, maybe 60 to 80 minutes long, just cool. to get stuff done before uh, the big move to Hollywood, I guess. Which where are you be? living right now? Virginia. Virginia. Yep. Yeah, Williamsburg uh, actually. So but. at some point you will need to make the move, I think, if you want. Yeah, because there's not really much going on here. I mean, New York might be a little bit different, but you know, uh, Williamsburg, there's there's no, you know. There's not a thriving film community. Yeah, and plus, yeah, and especially Williamsburg being a tourist, you know, tourist place, it's even worse to be able to try to try to film there because you really do need permits and sure other things. But if you have like a digital video camera, nobody's gonna hassle you because. You know, I mean, they they think you're just taking pictures of all the, you know, so they they don't they don't hassle you, but uh, you know, regular, uh, you know, like if I had like a film camera, they'd be, uh, the cops would be running after me. So, well, I'm convinced. Move. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's that's supposed to that's in the plans for uh, September. So, great. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll happen. Good luck, man. Uh, thanks. Um, so, I mean, is that your advice for like young filmmakers who just basically have stuff that they want to, you know, get done there? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 always tricky. I always feel kind of like a dick giving this advice whenever anybody asks me. You know, how do I break into the business or or whatever? You know, there there I've said this before. There really there are two components. Um, I, I would say. You know, the two things you really need to do, like if you want to break in as a screenwriter, is um, <clears throat> I would recommend moving out to Hollywood, and then just writing a really good script. Those are the <clears throat> those are the two really only the two things you really need to do. Um, <clears throat> I know it sounds simple, so much so that I, like I said, I feel kind of like a dick saying it, but it's you know the the two components of you know they always say you have to know someone in Hollywood, you know you have to know someone or know someone who knows someone, and uh, and I think there's truth to that. 
but if you move out to Hollywood, you will know people just through you'll, your you'll, If you just meet people. I yeah, mean, everybody out here works in the industry. So just through the normal friendships you make, you are going to meet people, someone who's an assistant to an executive or a producer or an agent or something. Just normal, casual friendships over the course of your life living out here. You're going to meet more people in the fucking industry than you ever wanted to. So that takes care of that. And, and, so, and they're all looking you know, because there's so many up-and-coming producers and agents and writers and exec, you know, and everything. They're all looking for that great piece of undiscovered talent. They're not going to help you because they're altruistic and they want to help you to be sweet. They're doing it for their own career. So they're looking, for, they're actively looking for that next piece of great work that nobody knows about. Um, so, so if you move out here, you've accomplished that. You, you, know, you will accomplish that, assuming that you have just a modicum of, of conversational ability and you can, you can make friends if you're not just a complete you know, recluse. Um, and then it's really just about writing something good. You know? Unfortunately, writing something good is, is difficult. It's much easier said than done to not just write something good, but write something that is unique or something that really kind of fills a niche. You know? I got really fortunate with waiting in as much as, you know, luckily, there hadn't really been at that point um, a, a movie about waiting tables in a restaurant. So there was that universality of it that people read that, and they liked the writing and they thought the, you know, that the jokes and the humor and the dialogue were strong. But, you know, even beyond that, they were like, wow, this is, this, there is an audience for this that has not been tapped yet. So waiting was able to sort of squeeze itself in there. But anyway, yeah, so that's, those are, those are the two big things, man. You know, move out, move out here and then just focus on the writing. You know, just keep, get, get yourself a shit job and, Write, 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 and then, you know, start getting it out there uh, to people, and hopefully it'll be good. I mean, uh, especially, like, with the, uh, I think Hollywood has, like, the independent producers and other people like that who, um, in turn, will, uh, you know, be looking for something, too. That's exactly right. That's exactly uh, what so I you said. You can always they, find somebody who wants it. to produce a movie, you know, who has money that just wants to find something good. The idea is to find to have something good to show them, you know, when you go out there. Is that would you agree? Uh yeah, you know, it's once again, it's all about once you actually make the move, it's really it's just all about focusing on the material. You know? It you have a very singular pure vision at that point. All right. right? Well, then, actually we really have a caller. He has somebody who wants to call in and uh I guess talk to you. Okay. So um hold on, let me uh put him through. Uh Five eight six, you should be on. Hello. Hey, hey there. How's it going? Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I just wanted um, let you know, uh, John. Uh, I uh, um, I'm actually uh, going into uh, school with a, a business management degree, and uh, I'm pursuing a um, an independent movie career. So. Um, what's your What's your name? Uh, my name's Todd Angebarna. I'm also the host of a uh, show on. I'm Blog Talk Radio too, by the way. It's uh, oh, okay. it's a politics huh. show, but uh, but but at, at the same time, I I love to do um, you know. Uh, also, I'm, I'm working on, on a few scripts myself. So, and I've got a partner, a business partner, to uh, start our our, film, our independent thing here in Michigan. But yeah, I just wanted to um, ask Rob. Um, sure. Um, well, first of all, um, what was it like to um, well, first of all, is this your direct, is this your first movie? Uh, it was. It uh, it was my directorial debut. It was actually the first thing I'd ever directed um, for anything. I mean, I'd done. I guess I'd done a couple of short videos at community college, but um, you know, for for classes. But yeah, it was the first thing that I ever really stepped in on the camera to do. Um, so, what was that experience like? Because I have some ideas for directing. Whenever I get this, uh, when I, whenever I get my. Uh, um, my, my foot in the door and everything, and because I have some script ideas myself, and I, I'm actually working on, on a treatment, and well, actually a couple, I should say. Um, but um, I, um, but what would your advice would be for uh, somebody like me? Um, I'm sorry. So, what exactly is the question? What do you, what do you, what, how do you get to direct a movie, sort of thing? Well, how, um, like for example, I'm trying to start like a independent movie studio. With a, with a with a friend of mine, we're trying to look into financing, investing, that sort of thing. And we're what uh, what size budget movies? Uh, what kind of budget? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Right now, for an independent movie, like six figures. Right. 
Well, I mean, that's a, you know, that, that I, I would say. A, I, don't, I don't have an, an exact ballpark sure. figure. In right, right, right. It's all sort of in its planning stages. Right. Well, what I would say is, uh, you know, if, you, if you're able to raise up, you know, that sort of, that, that kind of money, you know, if you're talking about it, you know, six figures, then I would say the same thing that I would advise anybody, which is, you know, concentrate on writing a script that uh, could be made for that budget. You know, when I wrote Waiting, Certainly, once again, you know, it ended up being made for $3 million, but I was writing it thinking we'd have to make it super on the cheap, which is why most of it takes place in one location, and you know, it's all dialogue-driven uh, movie. So certainly you want to write something that right. it's plausible that you would be able to direct. If you, you know, if, you try, if you write some huge science fiction opus that's going to clearly cost $50 million, uh, there's probably not a whole lot of likelihood that you're going to get to direct it. So I would say, you know, Try to uh, uh, try to figure out something that you know you could make on the cheap. Right, right. It's funny that you mentioned that because Kevin Smith at one point said uh, in one of his uh, Q and A sessions that um, the, the the more expensive the budget is, the less control you have as a director. Sure. Trying to have retain the control. So. Exactly. I mean, because well, it's just you know it's all about sort of faith. You know, the right. the reason I was able to get them to sign off on me for the three million dollar version of the movie, which was a, a major leap. Uh, given the fact that I hadn't done it before, was because, once again, it's, logistically it was pretty simple. It all took place in one right. location, and it was all based on a bunch of people that I'd written, that, that I knew. So, you know, that kind of gave them the, cool. you know, whatever sort of, you know, hesitation they had because I hadn't done it before, they were like, okay, well, how bad can he fuck it up? Because, yeah, you know, I it's know. such a simple little movie. So, yeah, right. you want to you want to keep it, you want to write, obviously you have to write what's sort of in your mind and what's, what's, what's interesting to you, but if you, you know, if at well, the Well, the one time, script I'm working on is about my experiences, sort of like a, um, sort of like a, uh, a Clerks meets Empire Records uh, comedy. So. Wow, which was sort of like Empire Records is sort of like a Clerks meets Records. So yeah. it's very much <laughs> a Clerks meets a something. I always wonder, you know, because wait, certainly waiting I pitched is, you know, it's clerks in a restaurant. I wonder how often uh, Kevin Smith gets to hear it's clerks. <laughs> well, actually, actually, uh, I, I was going to mention this uh, earlier. Except my I... movie takes place in a pharmacy, though. <laughs> uh, it's, so it's clerks in a pharmacy? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I worked in a pharmacy, uh, so that's why. So. Right. Uh, you know what? I love pharmaceuticals, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be great. So... <laughs> I was, well, well, was going to say that. Um, actually, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that uh, Kevin Smith actually said, you know, when he did Clerks Two, he wrote something on one of his blogs saying, you know, because now it's said in the movies restaurant. Right. He actually said, no, this is not Waiting Two. Right. Yes. So I thought it was kind of funny. It was coming back to. I know. I, I you know what? I think I saw that exact same uh, that post, and I thought that was uh, I thought that was funny. I, I dug that. It was like, yeah, it yeah. does. Uh, it, uh, it can, at least it came around full circle a little bit. Right. So Kevin Smith is. Uh, uh, you, has he seen Waiting? Or? You know what? I don't know. He's you don't never gotten know? in contact with me, sadly. I uh, I hope uh, I hope at some point, if he hasn't seen it, I hope. Are he you does. a Are you a Kevin Smith fan? I mean. Uh yes, I am. Oh, so am I, man. So am I. You know. So are a lot of independent filmmakers. Oh, a out lot there. of independent movie makers are, are a big fan of his. But, of course. Of course yeah. You know, Clerks is uh, one of my all-time favorite comedies. That's all my all-time favorites on the list, too. So I almost got every movie that he just made. So uh, it's, so it's. Uh, I, I even got his Q&A's uh, DVD. Sure, sure. Very, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the man is uh, uh, gives amazing interviews. Oh, right. Yeah, he and does. And he can talk for like hours and oh yeah, and yeah. be still be funny, you know, oh yeah, no matter what. I mean, if I've been to Volgerthon, which was his uh, film festival. Uh, Rob, have you been there yet? Or I'm um, sorry, to what? Did you go to Volgerthon, his film festival at all? Um, or you know what? It? I went to the first one. The first one, the '98 one, was it? Uh, no, it was uh yeah, it was like '98. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was '98. I just I finished writing Waiting. I had just finished writing it, and I went up there uh, in the hopes of uh, obviously, you know, enjoying his films and uh, all of that rigmarole, but also in the hopes of you know getting the script into his hands. And uh, uh, and yes, yeah, so I was yes, I was the very first one. And, it was, and did uh, he did he actually you know read it and give you any kind of notes? No, or? no, no, no. Uh, there's no way he would read it. Uh, and uh, as well, he was jump. well. I guess he says the last movie that he actually read from friends was uh, Goodwill Hunting and. 
it won an Oscar. Right. <laughs> or, you know, so. Well, yeah, and you know, the difference being there was that you know you said it. Uh, it was a script from Friends. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that he and I were friends. I would say that we were casual acquaintances. In fact, I wouldn't even say that we were that. I would say that I was a big fan of his, and I was just one of the many fans that he had. So, and as now as someone who's made a movie. And I often get requests for people to read scripts, and I'm not allowed to uh, for legal reasons. So uh, there's no way he would have read it. Um, and and uh, he, I, yeah, I gave, I gave the script it. to one of his cronies, a uh, buddy of his, Vincent Pereira, who made a movie called A Better Place, yes, in uh, the hopes that would, Vincent would read it, and then Vincent would love it so much that he would insist that Kevin read it. But Vincent never read it either, that bastard. I don't think even Vincent was, um, because I guess right after A uh, Better Place came out, I don't think he was... Uh, I don't know if he had a manager. I think he has a manager or whatever, and he's just like I think all of them do now. Um, you know, because I'm 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 you know uh, I guess friends with uh, Brian Lynch and sure. Andy. So and I know them from their uh, site, Angry Naked Pat. Right, right, right. So um, you know, I I, I don't mean to interrupt or anything, right, but right. Um, I, there's one actress in Hollywood that I think you should contact. She's done actually a couple of independent movies. I know her personally because I because I because I had done some acting in high school and in college, and I've been trying to get back into the scene too um, that well. But uh, she actually is um, a TV actress too. She had done The Island with uh, Ian McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. So uh, her name's Kathleen uh, Rose Perkins. I know yeah. her. She's a fantastic lady. Uh, you know, you should have her in a movie sometimes. So. I'll IMDb her. Huh? I'll IMDb her and uh, look her up. Yeah. She she is a fantastic actress. Uh, you know, um, I, 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 I think I still have her old email address. So I'm like, sure she'll appreciate your shout-out. That's awesome. Oh, no problem. Yep. She's on IMDb and just... Maybe she'll check the archives or something at some point. And... Oh, she probably will. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, that's... That's the great thing about this show is that if you can't make it live, which our live listeners aren't at nearly as well as our, you know, of course our archive listeners when they hear, you know, something actually happened, you know. Right. They come on, this, you know, they come on and then all of a sudden they're like, because like last night we were supposed to get, um, we were supposed to have Steve Lemmy on the show from uh, Super Troopers. Right. And, uh, the Broken Lizard group. So, uh, but he, I guess he couldn't make it. I haven't heard from him or whatever, but. Uh, he might have thought we meant next Wednesday, so we'll see, you know. But stuff like that happens where, you know, I, I mean, I was I was almost worried that, Rob, that yeah, by some chance you weren't able to make it or something, you know, like something came up, so. I wouldn't you know. do that to you, Jonathan. Oh, I saw I saw you uh, posted a bulletin, so, and my uh, live listeners have gone up. Oh, yeah. You know, so there you go. Oh, you that's know. nice. But uh, did you, I mean, we I guess you want three fans, instead of two. So, to like, um, uh, you know, send you some, you know, send you MySpace stuff. So, uh, do you want to send out your MySpace Earl, or do you want people to just look you up? Uh, you know, it's MySpace.com/slash Rob McKittrick. Oh, that's pretty. pretty uh, I'll, I'll, I'll add you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, then I'll add you, big boy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, my my brother had a question uh, that he wanted me to ask you. Okay. And um, it was about it was about the end of the movie. Mm. Um, he felt like there was something a little bit more that maybe you like maybe it got lost in the rewrites or something of the movie, but it felt like there was something more with the Lee character with Justin's character. Um, you know what? There certainly was. Uh, there were cuts that were made at the end of the at the movie just to keep it sort of going, but by and there, there certainly wasn't some huge resolution. I didn't remove like that. He, you know, there wasn't a draft of the movie where he had it all figured out. Where he said, you know what? I really want to go to art school, or I want to be an architect, or something like that. So it was always sort of this. You know, he quits his job and we don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't take the manager job, but he quits his job instead, and we don't know what he's going to do. So in that regard, it hasn't really changed. Beyond that, you know, there were some, certainly some uh, cuts that were made regarding, like, you know, the Dean-Amy relationship, and there were a few cuts between Monty, and there were a couple scenes that Dean and Monty had at the end that were sort of sweet scenes that just felt a little unnecessary once we actually looked at them in the editing room. But, um, you know, and then, you know, certainly you know, all of the characters got trimmed back a little bit here and there. 
but you know, in terms of like Justin's big story or you know Dean's big story, there weren't uh, there weren't any crucial cuts. There weren't any crucial omissions. It was more just you know little things here and there. So um, so there just wasn't. I mean, because he felt like there like there was something that had gone kind of missed or something. Uh, like there there was something more that he wanted or whatever that he might have was going to say or I don't know. Well, these things happen, you know. Some uh, he was left wanting uh, on the Dean storyline, and um, I want you to uh, later tonight. Um, I want you to give him a call and apologize to him for me. And let okay, him know I will. You know, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't able know. to. I wasn't able to really push it through for him on the Dean storyline. But uh, you know, in general, yeah, it was. Uh, I will say that it was intended. I didn't. And there were. And I. You know, I, I, not the first person who has said that they that they wanted to see maybe a little more closure or a little more resolution or a little more idea of what Dean was going to end up doing. But um, all I can say is that at the bare minimum, at, at least that was intentional. Like that was okay. my goal. I wasn't trying to uh, have it all spelled out. I wanted right. it to be a little more ambiguous so that, uh, you know, to, to let people sort of wonder what he did. Like I have my own, I know what he did in my own, in my own little mind. I know exactly what Dean did. But um, I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to spell it out. I want other people to sort of think what he might have ended up doing. So, whenever you go on Apple.com, is it weird to see one of your actors? <laughs> you know? uh, it is. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, just it's promoting it the whole time. He's uh, th th he's promoting the shit out of those Apple products. I've got to say, you cannot uh, turn on a uh, any commercial, I believe, without seeing him say that he's a Mac. <laughs> and the other guy's a PC. Who do you know who the other guy is? Like. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he's the one I recognize, so I'm like, oh, That's there's funny. Justin. Yeah. You know, from Ed and uh, Waiting. Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, yeah. Dodgeball. Oh, Dodgeball. Die Hard 4 coming soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in, oh, man. Didn't he, didn't he also do Jeeper, uh, Jeepers Creepers 2 or just parts of that, I think? Or... I, I miss Jeepers Creepers 2. I thought, I thought, you know what, I thought they told all the story they needed to tell in part one. Yeah. But they let, left it so they could do a sequel? But I didn't think they needed a sequel, and uh, you know I think uh, I think the whole the worst part was you know just like the whole idea of it being now oh well we only had like what two people in the no three people yeah. in the gas in the first one now let's do a whole busload of people <laughs> you know I mean it just it seemed like it was a, a waste of um, I guess time. Well, you know? I'm convinced. I'm not going to see it now. Okay, good. You know, I actually hadn't even seen it, so, but I just know that it was a bus full of kids, so. Well, now you're fucking with me. Maybe yes, it's really I am. good. Uh, no, but I, I, I watched, well, I didn't watch it either. I'm not going to lie. Good. But, uh, you know, um, so, uh, you know, other than just advice, because uh, you, you gave all your advice, I guess, right now. I've given it all. Have. I've bared my soul. There's really nothing else. Uh, that uh, t to be said on the subject. Um, well, I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna mention about the DVD uh, special features. You know, yes. how come uh, you know there wasn't like a full actual audio commentary track? Well, there was a. Um, I'd like to think that there was something much cooler than the audio commentary. On the second disc, there was a full commentary with Bayless and I. Did you watch that? Was it on the second disc? Mm, homework, Jonathan. Oh man, I should have. I should have just kept going through all the discs. I don't yeah, know. yeah. The second disc uh, featured a lot of stuff, and one of the things that it featured, which I'm I'm very proud of. I'm I'm very proud of the DVD, not just because of you know the, the movie, but because of all of the extra stuff on the DVD. Yeah, I mean, I really it, thought that was cool. And this uh, is really cool because I haven't seen the movie yet, so I'm actually anxious to see it already. But yeah, uh, it's awesome, dude. You're gonna fucking love it. It's genius. Oh. It's if you so love Clerks, you'll love this. Oh my God! Oh, trust so me. Uh, good. Well, let me ask you this: What was it like to work with Ryan and Anna in the movie? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, we were, you know, Ryan had been attached to the movie for a really long time prior to even uh, Van Wilder. So, um, in you know, it took a long time for the movie to get made, and he just sort of rolled with the punches. Well, and I loved him in Van Wilder because he was just awesome in that one. He was also pretty cool in Blade Trinity. So. Sure. Absolutely. Actually, I even have a movie that he did called Boltneck. Right. And I don't know if Canadian did you see that, Rob, or? Uh, I've not. I've uh, I've heard about it, but I've not seen it. Yeah, I got it because of Christine Lakin being in it, the girl from Step by Step. So, uh, having That's her, odd you piece know, of trivia. 
Yeah. Are you a big Christine Lakin fan? Like yeah. all things Christine Lakin, you've got a. Well, no, no. I, but that was one of the ones that I can get, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that sh- I can't get of hers. So I found that on Amazon. Oh. Are I was you, like, you know, I might as well get it. Let me ask you, why her? Why her? I don't know. Ever since I, Step I by like, Step? You ever, yeah, I love Step by Step. That was my show growing up. I'm, I'm 25, remember, so I, I grew up on TGIF or SNCC or whatever. Sure. You know. So uh, and These back, are good I, things to know. Yeah. Um, well, well, I had uh, Megan Berwick on my show once, and she was uh, from the t- uh, TV show uh, Salute Your Shorts on Nickelodeon. I missed that one. I yeah, that. I, don't, I don't think I was talking to you at that time, Damn like it. about doing the show. You know, but that was back in, like, December. Right. So it's, it's, it's been a while. We were supposed to get donkey lips at one point, too. Really? That, that fell through. I have no idea who that is, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, you ever it, seen it, Salute it, Your Shorts? I've been meaning to... Um, Watch more Nickelodeon? Yeah, no, not really. So, no, I haven't seen it, but that's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, we, um, uh, I don't know, so I, I asked all these, I, I've asked, you know, I got Andy on the show, and I got some other people to, I just asked Andy, and Andy was like, let's do it Sunday. Like, you know, at this time. I was like, all right. Very cool. You know, and, uh, you know, he came on, and I was I was a little worried he might have to bail out or something, but, you know. He pulled yeah. it through for you. Yeah, and he came on and he joked. Jonathan, about you're me. pulling in the big interviews, bro. Yeah, I mean, especially you, Rob. Oh. Actually, uh, my friend DJ just sent me an email saying he really loves the show. Good. So well, thanks, and, DJ. That's nice of you. Yeah, he's probably going to be. At, he's probably going to send me another email saying thanks for the shout out. <laughs> but he's uh, really enjoying it, and he's really glad that uh, you uh, uh, that I got you to come on the show. Uh, well, I'm glad that he's glad. Yeah, and everybody, you know, I'm going to be telling everybody later on about this. So hopefully the uh, it'll get archived like mad, you know. Hope, hope. And, hey, uh, people can uh, download it on iTunes and stuff like that, too, so if they want to keep it forever. They yeah. have, uh, there are all manner of possibilities to, uh, to save this little bit of genius that's uh, tr- transpired tonight. Yes. Uh, are you excited? you like the show so far? Or? Uh, I think it's adorable. You do? I love it. You do? It's, uh, so far, it's been good. No, listen, you guys have been great. Um, it's been wonderful. It's been it's probably the best blog talk radio thing I've done this month. Have you done more blog talk radio shows, or are you just messing with me right yeah, now? Yeah, I've not. I've not done any others. Oh, uh, okay, month, so me, just me. That's all I think you need, right? But I don't want that to somehow diminish how amazing I think you guys are doing. Okay, good, good, good. Well, thank you. <laughs> Even yeah. he, you know, he he really, you know, he he stepped up to the plate as well. I think you guys have a nice, and he's done blog talk radio as well. So I think you guys play off each other, perhaps. Exactly. If you want little... to promote your uh, site right now, go ahead. Your blog talk radio site. What's it called? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Liberty Cap Talk Live. It's uh, a politics show that's uh, it's on Thursdays, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, next week we're doing it at night because we have a get a lady on there who uh, is going to be. Uh, um, there were eight, so I had to fit it within her schedule. But other than that, um, it's usually on 3 p.m. So uh, you know, if, uh, usually I just talk politics. But um, but I'm, but um, but you know, I I talk about entertainment news sometimes on whenever I put into the into the show. Hey, you know, on the next one, I guess you could say I talked to Rob McKittrick. Oh yes, I will. I will do yeah. that. I will actually give him um, give credit for that. So yeah. you'll be able um, to tell you know, everybody. Rob, I I wanted to ask you one thing. I noticed you had Wendy in your movie. I um, did. Um, it's Wendy funny. Malick. Um, yes, she played Monty's mom. Right. Um, it, it it was funny because she, you know with her being on Dream On back in those days. Sure. And I knew uh, her. Uh, I I. I I, I didn't exactly know him that well, but I actually met um, Krista Metrol, who played Jeremy on the show. It was funny because I was going to Macomb Community College at the time. Was, this was like back in the mid-'90s. And he was just taking a hiatus from the show because they were just wrapped up for the season and whatnot. And he was talking to me, oh, it was great, you know. What, you know, He was telling me how great it was and everything. It was really cool. and But... I will say right now, um, she has basically come a long way. I mean, you know, with 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 the kind of movies she's been doing in the last few years, I've, I've noticed, and I thought, wow, this is just just really really great for her. 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, I've been a fan of Wendy's um, from Just Shoot Me. I'd, uh, I was actually, I, I loved the show, in particular, I loved her character on it. Right. And then um, she was just pitch perfect to play Monty's mom, and we uh, we were struggling to find the right actress, actually. And then I saw her name, like my my casting director had her name, and it was, and it was immediately like, oh my God, she's the one. And she did it. Uh, she did it for like she for like a thousand dollars. She did it for no money. She just did it because she she really liked the scene. She knew it was one day's worth of work, and she was just really really cool. So it was a. Um, so basically, she didn't just think, she she didn't give a shit about the money. She just did it because she wanted to anyway. That's it. And the the big question is how many of the actual actors like you know like I mean I guess you didn't really have to do for I mean for Ryan and all of them but like how much how many of the actors actually had to audition for the roles? Hmm. I don't remember a bunch. Well, I know I Andy did. You said, and I remember actually seeing that on the uh, on the DVD extras, you know. But um, and the well, guy, funny, you know, Ryan obviously didn't. Um, we saw him in Buying the Cow, and then uh, Van Wilder, when we knew he was the guy. But I think Justin um, put himself on tape, and uh, Anna did at one point. But this is you got to understand that the movie took a long fucking time to get made. So this is like she put herself on tape right after the first scary movie. And then by the time we actually made the movie, there had been two other scary movies, and she'd become more of a, and she'd been on Friends, and she'd been more right. of a household name. So right. most of the people actually auditioned. I don't think, you know, Shy didn't, Louie didn't, Ryan didn't, and that might be it. Like, I think everybody else did. I, I, I could be forgetting somebody, but, um, yeah, most of the people actually did put themselves down. There were, you know, people, most people didn't have big egos uh, about that. Right, and um, and especially being an independent movie and whatnot, it was probably hard to get all those name actors to do it and not go, like, when I watched Project Greenlight, you know, how they wanted this and this and this, and all of a sudden their budget became more than a million dollars. Right, well, we got really lucky because... The 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 movie because it had been around Hollywood for so long, it had a pretty good reputation. Like most people dug the script, thought it was really funny, thought it was really irreverent, sharp, and uh, you know blah blah blah. So it had a pretty good name out there. And by the time we actually got the money to make the movie and got it all together, um, the actors all sort of did it for basically no money. There was not you know I don't think a single actor got paid more than fifteen thousand bucks. They just did it because they dug the script. They dug me, and they just, you know, they and they, and it was a quick shoot. It was only a month, so it was like, you know, not not too long, and they knew it would be a fun little movie to work on. But yeah, I was, we were very fortunate that uh, the actors did it. You know, this one they did for the love. They did it just sort of to be cool, because if they'd wanted their quote, if they'd wanted what they actually deserved to get paid, there's no way we would have gotten any of them. So, right, yeah, and uh, Ryan now being a huge star, especially with Blade. Trinity sure. and uh, was the um, Amityville Horror, right? And Just all right. that. I mean, Ices. yeah. I mean, although I have to say that movie didn't do so well, Amityville Horror, but it's. Uh, but I know that uh, financially, it actually did pretty well. Oh, it did. I yeah, Amityville did. Uh, yeah, I think it made like sixty, seventy, some odd million dollars, really? which is yeah. Well, I guess maybe it was critically panned, but yeah, know. you know, it's a horror film. It's uh, these things happen. Yeah, but and especially uh, a remake. I mean, they're gonna. I mean, people are gonna say, "Well, remakes suck anyway." So, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? People are gonna say that, and then, of course, uh, you know, they're not gonna give it much of a chance anyway. So. But then again, people were gonna say screams uh, one and two and three pretty much sucked. And well, I will admit whole... that I didn't wasn't a big fan of three, but uh, you know, I, you know, even though I own it, you know, because it came in the box set. Right. Yeah. But well, um, I, I I just wanted to say uh, Emmanuel, uh, who uh, who's in in your movie, I have to say she is a hot actress. Um, that's a uh, that's a very good observation. Yeah. I don't think that there are many people out there who disagree with you. She's uh, one of the most beautiful uh, women I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. She's oh, a real I mean, sweetheart as well. I I think she's a very very beautiful lady. I mean, she is just a very gorgeous woman. And I think that there is no one who would argue with that. I I think I, that's. You're uh, right now. You're. I think you're really stating the obvious. <laughs> She's about as pretty as they come. Oh yeah. And um, what is it? Uh, you know. And she's an entourage and stuff too now. And uh, a lot of uh, like one of my friends will come over and hang out, and then he will say, you know, he'll only do it just to see her now. You know, for entourage, and he get mad whenever she's not on because well, she's just 
flat out beautiful. It's kind of creepy. I know she did Wrong Turn, um, and I know that her character got killed off in that movie, but it was funny because uh, (laughs) I thought, you know, she did a a very, very great job in that film, and... uh, but uh, I, I thought she's come a long way, you know, ever since Detroit Rock City. So it was like, wow. Yep. But, she's one of the good ones. All right, guys, listen. All right, well, I've got to go, buddy. All right. Okay. Sorry, sorry for keeping you longer than you were planning. No worries. You know what? I had so much fun. The time just flew by. And you didn't, uh, re- you didn't realize it, did you? I had no idea. And well, it's almost an hour anyway, so good. All right, we had an hour show. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to add you on MySpace, dude. So, good to know. All, All right. right, and uh, depending, depend, listen, depending on the caliber of your profile, I will approve it or deny it. <laughs> so, bring your A game. All right, um, all right, man, and I uh, can't wait for the next movie. Whatever you do next, um, you know, it should be good. Uh, it'll be, it'll be wonderful. So uh, yeah, be. and I'm, I'm definitely going to be there in the theater, probably open at night. That's uh, that's mighty sweet of you. All right, guys, uh, wonderful time, and uh, thanks a lot. I had fun. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care, guys. Okay. Later. Bye. All right, guys. That was Rob Um, You know, hopefully you guys listened to the whole thing, and um, hopefully later on uh, things will uh, be good. So, uh, everybody, enjoy this for what it was. And uh, if you have any questions, you can contact uh, Rob on MySpace on uh, uh, myspace.com slash Rob Why not? And have a good day. Bye.